I don't want to make today's talk bigger than it's supposed to be, but I think it, when I was going through it, I'm like, this might be the most important thing I ever say. You're like, what? That's intense. And it's because, um, you, you remember I was, uh, for the last few weeks, I've been talking about making the, making the most of every opportunity uh, because the days are evil. And I can't, I, I, I can't go on until I get the essence of what the Lord's been trying to say to me through this. And um, I always want to move on. I, you know, I always say I, I get bored with my own, with my own stuff because I'm like, you, you end up studying hours and hours and reading and, and going through, and you're like, okay, does anybody want to hear this? They, you know, but you, you're not bored because it's the first time you've heard it. Uh, so, and so what I wanted to talk about is one, how many know what, what day it is? 9-11. How many know what time it is? 10-47. Okay, good. Uh, then how many know what happened on 9-11 21 years ago or 22 years ago? Everybody remembers that. Everybody remembers where they were if they were born. We have some young people in here and they're like, huh, what is that? I don't know. 9 do I call the cops? I don't know. Uh, but for I remember exactly where I was when I first heard. I was I was sitting on my couch, actually spending time with the Lord, and one of our teachers had texted me and said, yeah, "You know, turn on the TV or something." And uh, this this thing was going on, and it was a very interesting day. We got here to school. Uh, it was early in the school year, and we're, everybody's standing around like, "What do we do?" And I said, "I have an idea. Everybody go home." Because that day was marked the beginning of fear for the United States of America. It really did. From then on, we thought, maybe there's a terrorist around every corner. Maybe we should all go home because maybe somebody will blow us up in the parking lot. And then we began the ring, the rain against terror, and, and things got really squishy in our country. You know that, part of, part of it. Actually, the whole world, right? We, we invaded another country. You know, it probably wasn't about terrorists as much as oil, but that's another story for another day. Uh, I don't want to get political, but I, what, what I want to turn our eyes towards was that night, though. We sent everybody home, but that night was the first Alpha class that we were having in our season of Alpha, which we did for a number of years here. And... That night, we all came, and we opened up the room, and the tables were full of people, because what the enemy wants to do is make us afraid, and what God wants us to do is grab people who are afraid and show them the way to peace, peace with Christ, peace with, with understanding that their lives are in his hands. And I'll never forget, it was interesting, because somebody uh, we, had in, we, we were doing a lot of big alpha stuff at the time, but somebody had invited a bunch of the workers from Costco next, you know, one block over. And I, and I know all the Costco people because I shop there fairly regularly. And I remember how many Costco people came. It's like they must have just, just uh, let, let everybody out because all of Costco, all the workers were here. Like, I, I need something. And uh, I'll never forget that night was a, a night of opening up the lives of so many people. See, because what the enemy 
is looking to do for evil, God turns towards the good. And so when I think of 9-11, I don't think of terrorists and I don't think of closed schools. I think of Alpha and the work that God did to save so many people and fill them, so many people with the Spirit during that season. That was an incredible season. In fact, it launched uh, such a thing that one, our, one of our pastors at the time uh, brought that campaign to all the churches of this valley. And um, we ended up, I mean, we, we had like advertisements on buses, uh, literally, for Alpha. I mean, it got that big from that little, little piece of what the enemy was trying to do. Now, why am I saying that is because the Bible is telling us, make the most of every opportunity, and that trans- I've translated before, uh, other verses say redeeming the time, because that's the exact translation, buying back the time. And, and I was like, well, how do I make my life more effective, Lord? You know, how many have ever done time management stuff? Everybody been to a time management class? Okay. What do you do? Write it down. Getting things done. David Allen. Great book. How do you get things done? Get it out of your head. Okay, good. It's in your head. You're thinking about it. Write it down. And then figure out when you're going to do it. Okay, that's called effectiveness in, the, in chronology. See, there's two words in the Bible for time. One is the chronology. Chronos, which, you know, chronographs, chronology, things in time, minutes, hours, days. And unfortunately, we spend, and I, I call that worldly time, because how many of those you got left? No one knows, but God, right? Right? We don't know, but that's how we, we measure our lives, isn't it? It's like, well, how old am I? You know, when can I retire? When, you know, when, when, when and, you know, how long is this school year? <laughs> you know, how hot is it going to be tomorrow? <laughs> you know, those, those kind of things. You know, we think in, in moments of time. But this word is the word kairos, which is God's time, the season of time, kingdom time. And I didn't get it until I, 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 I'm like, Lord, why do you keep sending me back to this passage? Why can't I get it out of me? It's because I, I felt like the Lord say, I want you to now turn your life away from chronos time, worldly time, to kingdom time. And that's what I want to talk about. How do we move ourselves now, we're always going to live in time. It's always going to be it's 1052. It's like, okay, I am always have to end the message because it's 1130. Those kind of, there's always going to be that kind of time. But I think what we miss is not understanding what is the season that God has me in right now and us in as a, as a people. So that's what I want to talk about. You guys ready? Okay. Now, I, I, I told you that I, I've confessed my my loss of time in the corona uh, season. And the reason I headed out on this direction was I wanted to redeem what I thought was lost through the coronavirus. But what, what was lost was not what I thought was lost, as I, as I had just told you, but was, what was actually needing to be redeemed was to come to this moment. When Paul's writing this, right before the, he makes this statement, he says, Wake up, O sleeper. Let the light of Christ shine on you. And it's like part of that season was to put us to sleep from Kairos time, from kingdom time, and to keep us in worldly time. When are, we gonna, when are the masks going to get off of us? When, when are we going to get 
whatever the world is trying to hand us. When can we get out of our homes, right? And we're thinking, uh, were you like me? Living in Kronos time? When, 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 when can we get back to church? When can we open our church? When, you know, when I, can I do that? And the Lord says, oh no, I brought you through that so that you can come to Kairos time. Now I wish I'd come to Kairos time two years ago. I think I actually did, but I didn't recognize it until I was sitting there this morning worshiping with you. <laughs> it's like, oh, you were in Kairos time? Good. But, I, but there were certain things that, that were, were lagging. This, this worldly time was sucking me back all the time. And I kept thinking, I can't do kingdom time because I'm trapped in worldly time. And what the world wants, what the Bible, what I want to declare to us today is the Lord wants to teach us to live from this moment on in kingdom time. Are you guys ready? It's kingdom time. Woo! Because see, Jesus lived in kingdom time, didn't he? He didn't live very long. He only lived like 33 years. And most people say, wow, 33 years, what a tragic, you know? That's tragic. He didn't really have much life, but he did because he lived kingdom time and he knew that no matter how many years, if you get 200 years and you don't live kingdom time, you're just doing worldly time. You know, I remember my, my uh, grandfather, he, he lived to be 101. And the last time Jenny and I visited him, he was uh, maybe 100. And uh, he wanted to get to 100. I don't know. He's like, hey, I want to get to 100. Got to 100 and then fell into a deep depression. Because he was marking his life by time, not by purpose, the purpose of the kingdom. And so I, I remember having a long talk with him. He, he somehow missed his calling. And I think it, at the end of his life, he realized, this is horrible. I've lived a long time, but I didn't fulfill God's purpose. See, Jesus, in 33 years, he fulfilled God's purpose. He was good. But the last time we were there, he, he asked, asked us, we were praying with him, and he's like, why has God left me here? Because he was only living in chronological time. Instead of, I still got time. As long as I'm on, on the planet, I can still make my life count for God. Okay, so you've got the understanding of worldly time. Yes, versus kingdom time. Okay, so we're moving to kingdom time, and we're going to talk about um, how to develop an awareness of kingdom time. See, this was the problem that I didn't have, is I wasn't thinking kingdom time versus uh, worldly time. I was just thinking time. And so what, what I have been dreaming about is, like, how is it that I can change so that my mind is regularly thinking, what is it that God wants to do with my life. Now, I guess another thing I did want to say about kingdom time, and I want to put you in this story, is that every single one of us is right now in this kingdom time listening to this. You know, we all came from a different place, didn't we? We were born in different places. We could have been born in a different year. We're here. We're here together. We're listening to this story right now. And none of that is by accident. You are here right now by the very purposes of God. You just thought, oh, I showed up to church today. <laughs> That's worldly time. He's like, I hope he had something good to say. That's worldly time. And instead of saying, God has placed me strategically right here, right now for his purposes. And I'm like, 
Gosh, I forgot that. I thought we were just doing church today. But as I was studying this, I'm like, I never want to do church today again like that. I want to make sure that whatever we're aiming at, we're realizing God has me here right now in his kingdom time. Okay. So how do we develop an awareness of kingdom time? He says this thing. He says, make the, be wise. Don't be foolish. Be wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And that modifier, because the days are evil, is on purpose. He could say, make the, you know, redeem the time, make the most of every opportunity. You're like, okay, cool. But he says, you have been placed in a time where the days are evil. Now, what does evil mean? I mean, it, it, you think of evil. It's like, ooh, wicked, you know, horror movies. Nope, that's not what it's, it's meaning. It just means that they're full of troubles. How many know that, that today is full of trouble? And what happens when life is full of trouble? Your mind gets focused on, when am I going to get out of trouble? How many days do I have to take to get out of trouble? Instead of like Joseph, <laughs> you know, like Joseph, he's like, I'm going to use this opportunity, as long as I'm in jail, <laughs> to see what God might do, right? And then when he gets out, he didn't waste his 10 years or whatever. He, he, he walked with God through that season. And part, one of the things that we need to do if we're, if we're living in a day of evil, personal evil, is realize this season will end, but God wants to do something with us. And we'll, we'll talk about some the kingdom multipliers in just a minute. Um, they can be annoyances, hardships, labors, perils, um, things of a bad nature, things of a physical sense. Some of us are not feeling so good physically, right? And we're going, when am I going to feel better? Maybe heaven. I don't know. Every time I wake up this week, I don't know if it was the heat or what. I, you know, I, I kept sleeping weirdly because we're trying to cool down. And, and I'm like, ooh, I wake up in the morning. That one hurts. When will that one go away? Everything's, I just tell myself, six weeks. It all changes in six weeks. That's what it takes to pretty much heal anything in my body. Um, Instead of saying, what is it the Lord wants to do? He woke me up. I'm uncomfortable. Maybe he wants me to pray today, which is a lot. That's usually where my mind goes uh, in the middle of the night. Okay. So it, it can also, the days of evil can also be bad. Now, there's four things that will keep us from kingdom time. And that's what I want to talk about. And these are things that keep us from awareness of kingdom time. The first one uh, is, is just the, the world. The world that we live in keeps us from being able to focus on the kingdom. I mean, the things that are concerning to us, you know, it's like our finances. Is the whole world going to fall apart? I mean, we still got terrorists, right? I don't know where they are. Somebody tells me they're all coming through the border every day uh, because we have open borders, which means there's got to be terrorists there, so I should be afraid. Um, you know what? In this world, <laughs> you shall have peace. <laughs> okay, why? Because the Lord... He's got, us, he's got us boxed in. You guys good? All right? All right, moving on. Okay, so the world itself, though, and all the messaging of the world is to try to move our mind away from the things of the kingdom of what is God's purposes and towards the things of this world. Every one of them, every message you get, every advertisement, it's like, hey, if you buy this, you'll have a better life. Guess what? People in the kingdom already have a great life. 
How do we know? Because they have Jesus. You got Jesus? Everybody got Jesus here? We're good. You guys online? You get Jesus, you already got a good life. All right. The second thing is, is the temptations of our, of our own flesh. How many still struggle? You wake up in the morning, and you're like, ah, there's a, there's a, there's a sinner inside of me. <laughs> okay. It's like, I don't know how to, I've been working that sinner out for 40 years, man. And that sinner, he just wakes up. He's like, hey, still here. He's like, yeah. He's like, okay, so I got the flesh. Now my flesh doesn't, you know, it, you know, it doesn't go to where I used to go as, as a young person. You know, now, this week my flesh went to iPhone 14. And now, 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 why? Why? Because because of pa- Pastor Brooke. That's why. Because he's like he's like you know the the the, the new the new phone came out. I'm like what new phone. And so anyway, yeah. And and I didn't know I needed it until I looked at it. And when I looked at it, I mean, Apple is amazing in the way that they can, you know, have you scroll and go. I've got to have it. 48 megapixels? I mean, come on, you guys. A terabyte of space? Everybody needs that. I'm a professional photographer. How do I know? Because my wife always says, take a picture of this. (laughs) Right? But, you know, like two days ago, this other phone was fine. It was incredible. You know, in fact, it's so much, I don't even know where it is. It was, you know, but I remember when I bought that, I'm like, ooh, I have achieved and now I need to go to the next level. That's called the flesh. You guys know the difference between needs and wants. Okay, don't need it. Want it. And I'm waiting for the opportunity to be able to trade in my other one. Because <laughs> I am suffering because I only have an iPhone 12. Which means I've waited two years for this upgrade. Almost. Okay, so that's not the only thing that my flesh has wanted this week, I'm sure. Um, but you guys get the, get, now, now, as soon as I saw that, was I thinking about God? Yeah. I was thinking that, you know, maybe this new iPhone would make my online Bible faster. <laughs> Something like that. You know, I could take pictures of me having my quiet time. You know, better selfies. Oh, holiness. Okay, I got to get on. Okay. See, and I was talking about temptations, but now I'm going to talk to, about distractions. Now you guys are all distracted, not listening to a thing I said. This was the most important message I ever had. Get back to it. <laughs> and I wrote down here, distractions, the monkey mind. <laughs> My monkey mind's gone back. In. <laughs> Stop monkey mind. My distractions keep me from being kingdom-minded. That's all there is to it. Yours too. Now, the re- this was talking about developing an awareness of kingdom time means that we have to evaluate our lives day by day, even moment by moment, because I really was doing something kingdom-minded when Brooke told me about the new thing. <laughs> and it wasn't hard for me to get unkingdom-minded. It wasn't hard at all. And it wasn't until I started talking here that I realized, wow, it's easy for the enemy or my flesh to get me away from the things of God. And then, of course, there is actually a devil. There's actually Satan. You won't really struggle with him until you say, my life is fully committed to God 
and to kingdom time. The rest of the time, he's like, nobody's standing up. Sounds good to me. I'll move on to the next place where people are standing up for Jesus. Right? And how do I know this? It's because every time I stand up, <laughs> it's, it's devil whack-a-mole. Christians are standing up. Beat them down. Beat them down. You know, I'm, I'm in the season of my life right now where I'm like, it's time to move the kingdom forward. Do you think there's any aim on, on our lives? Because when I go forward, you all come with me. <laughs> Last time I checked. Uh, right? But that is an opportunity for me to see kingdom time. Because when, when we realize that we're in the days of evil, we know who vindicates me. We read that before. We know that God wants to prove himself in the midst of evil. I mean, isn't that God's secret? The, the enemy thought that by killing Jesus, it was going to be over. But instead, God turned the evil to good. So anytime we find ourselves attacked by the enemy, and if we go through this list, it's like, I'm, I'm done with the world, done with the flesh, done with distractions, done with troubles. And then Satan's like, oh man, I better go send some friends over there. Right? And then when he does, we realize God has defeated him. He's a defeated foe. He's just a liar. That's his business. And he'll lie to you and says, God doesn't want to move the kingdom forward. What are you doing? Why are you trying to do kingdom time? But we rise up and say, nope, God's on his way. Okay. You guys good? You understand so far? Kingdom time? Keep saying, king, say kingdom time with me. Kingdom. kingdom time. What time is it? Kingdom. kingdom time. Okay, it's not 1108. It is kingdom time. Because God wants our lives to count like Jesus' life. Good? All right, last but not least. So how, what, what are some, I, I just wrote these down, these kingdom time multipliers. Something I learned a long time ago was that when I give financially, there's something super spiritual about that. That all of a sudden, that finance goes into kingdom finance. I, I, I move it from somehow my worldly finance, which God has freely given to me through labor and all those kind of things. And then I, I, I put it over there, and then all of a sudden, he does he multiplies it in the kingdom. I don't know how it works in kingdom time or kingdom, that kingdom realm, but I do know if I want to multiply it, I have to do kingdom things. Giving is one of those kingdom things. Every, I, I'm, I'm assuming everybody in this room has probably seen God, like and Jesus even says, give and it shall be given to you. Press down, mash together, overflowing. You're like, how'd I get all this stuff? <laughs> Just look at <in> my garage. <laughs> You're like, how'd I get all this stuff? I don't know. It must have been giving. <laughs> okay. So kingdom multipliers. One of, uh, giving's at the bottom of my list. Uh, at the top of my list is actually sharing Jesus. Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's, oh, Lord, come on. Oh, Lord, come on. Fill me with your spirit fastest way to get filled with the Spirit is to share the gospel of Jesus with someone. Because wrapped up in sharing Jesus with someone is the fear and the excitement and the, what am I doing? 
when I could be silent. And then when you see people start to go, huh? And start to respond, then something happens in you and you're like, I'm being filled with the Spirit. If you read the book of Acts, most of the time that they were being filled with the Spirit was right before they were sharing the gospel or why they were sharing the gospel. Did you know that? So yesterday, Jenny and I, we we were visiting Karen's house. Karen, if you're listening to us, we visit your house. Also Dean's house. I guess Dean and Karen were, were, did a, uh, whatever they call those things, a flip thing. Uh, and so they wanted us to go down and see the house. So we go down and see the house, and, and the realtor there says, do you know Dean? And I said, yes, I know Dean. He goes to my church. He goes, uh, and he's like, goes to your church? I'm like, yeah, goes to your church. Oh, I didn't know he went to church. No, no, have to, sorry, Dean. I didn't mean this. Isn't like this isn't a this isn't a grinder on you. This is a, a positive for me. So I start sharing with him, you know, the gospel, uh, because he, you know it was far, it was pretty funny. He says, do, "Do you guys go to like one of those churches where the, where the, there's you know like a rock band and people dancing?" And I'm like, "Dude, no." I said, "We tried to do that once. Uh, actually, we did for a season." And we found out it wasn't effective in helping people's spiritual lives at a certain point. And he goes, oh, wow, okay. So what's your church about? It's about Jesus, about community, about people supporting one another, about growing in Christ. It's like, interesting. Now, he didn't say, oh, I fall on his knees, say, oh, man, you know, can't believe I, I'm, I don't know Jesus. He, said, he just said it was interesting. But it did something for me because it's been a little while since I shared the story. I didn't give him my testimony, which I probably should have really bored him. Um, but there's something about giving your faith away that instantly puts you in, in kingdom time. Okay, a couple more. Uh, just serving, serving anywhere, doing anything, whatever you do. And I'm talking to the wrong group here. Uh, but there's always something to do here. You guys know that. Um, and you don't have to, you know, don't ask. You see something broken, just go. I had a guy from school the other day. He's like, I noticed there's some paint, you know, some flecking over there. He goes, give me a paintbrush and I'll go up there and fix it for you. I'm like, man, I didn't even notice that paint, right? He's like, that guy, he's ready. To, he's in kingdom time. He went straight for it. I haven't got on the paint yet, but Brooke, mark, mark that down. <laughs> Get paint. I know we have paint around here somewhere. <laughs> But serving is, is, is a fast way. And I know I'm, I'm talking to the choir right now who's already serving, but those of you online, find a place to serve. If you want to see kingdom time multiplied, find a place to serve. Um, now, uh, fellowship, being together. I think the insidiousness of the coronavirus plan, I don't know if it was really planned by man, but I know by the enemy, was to separate people from being able to encourage each other face-to-face. Encouraging each other on Zoom is not quite the same. And even when we got together, they said, well, you should wear a mask because that will keep you safe. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if it will keep me safe or not keep me safe. I have an opinion. It doesn't matter. I do know that when I cover my face, I'm not the same person. And I know when you cover your face, you're not the same person either. There's something weird about us because even as we read in our scripture today, such is the generation who seek your face, who seek your covered face. 
No. In fact, when you look at the Bible, it's so clear to us that seeing each other face to face is where the blessing flows. And so I want to encourage us. I mean, if we go through another season and they say, wear your mask, do what you got to do. But as often as possible, get face to face with people in fellowship. Uh, and I don't just mean fellowship. I mean, sometimes when we, at our lunchtime, we're like, hey, you know, how are the Niners doing? I don't know. They've only been playing an hour and 14 minutes. <laughs> Am I, what's my, what's my chronograph saying? Just kidding. Um, but I believe that this is a time where God is wanting us to go kingdom time with each other. I've been struggling to break through. So I need you to say, hey, how's that breakthrough thing going? What about you? You guys feel stuck in any way? Okay, we, it wasn't going to happen just by ourselves. I wish I could break out of my own cocoon. But I need you and you need me and we need each other. Okay? So I don't mean fellowship like hey, we're hanging out. I mean fellowship like we're sharing what is God doing with each other, which brings me to my, my second to last multiplier, but I'll make it my last. Our prayer times... have to become kingdom time prayer times. Chronology prayer times, worldly time prayer times are, God, keep me safe. Don't just keep me safe. Keep my family safe, my friends safe, all the other people in the world safe. I can't see that fully. And I'm all about, I'm all about safety. I wear my seatbelt. But then when we get through the safety prayer, we go with the blessing prayer and bless mommy and daddy and Susie and, and we get through the blessing prayers. Those are, those are time prayers and God hears them. <laughs> I, th- I think Jesus is funny when he says, don't repeat your prayers. Like, that's all I do is repeat my prayer. I, I say the same prayer very often. And, and I, I just felt like when I was doing this, the Lord's like, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray one dangerous prayer a day. What? It's all about safety. I got to stay safe. Jesus said, if you save your life, you Is it all about safety? Not according to Jesus. Jesus But if you lose your life, you'll find it, right? You'll, You'll be safe. So what if we said, Lord, how is it I can lose my life today. How would that, that's a dangerous kind of prayer, isn't it? And then he'll tell you, and it won't be like, you know, it won't be dangerous. It'll be, I I need you to call this person and pray for them on the phone. I need you to do this or that, or just encourage the people in your household. Right? We can do that. Yeah, maybe. So I want to, I want to, I'll talk about that another time, but I, I really think that one of, the, one of the things that we're doing with our time is not being bold with what the Lord wants to do in our life. Can you imagine a world where people are meeting Jesus every day? Do you know anybody that doesn't know Jesus? Are you driving by any? Okay. Maybe, maybe our bold prayer will begin is like, Lord, Touch their lives, 
so that they can see you and use my faith and my voice so that they can know you. Because there's nothing more exciting, really, than when somebody comes to Jesus. Last time I checked, that was pretty good for me. Remember? I'll close with this story. A good friend of mine, actually the first person that got saved in our church, he was a drug addict and a drug dealer. and a, He was a mess. Rock and roll guy, had a mullet back in the 80s. And when he came to Christ and he realized all that God had done for him, he got really angry. He got really angry at all of us. He said, what? I was going to hell and you had the, the words of life and you didn't tell me? Now, caveat here. This guy was kind of big, worked out, had like monster muscles, and was not the kind of guy that said, oh, I'm open to the gospel. He was, you know, he's not the guy you'd walk up to. He's like, dude, you, are you open to the gospel? He wasn't that guy. So it was an act of God to save him. But there's a lot of people that are not as scary as my friend who really just need us to open our mouths and say, you know what? Jesus has done a good thing in me. I want him to do a good thing in you. And that's how we turn chronological time to kingdom time for their lives. Because until they hit kingdom time, they're just living one day after another till it's over. And so, today, let us move to kingdom time. Okay? Let's make the most of every opportunity. Let's redeem the time. The way that God buys it back is when he's bought back our lives. With that, let's pray. Yes, Lord. Lord, these words are easy to say in some way and easy to hear in some way. But I pray that you would open our hearts to begin to process this understanding of living our lives in a different kingdom. You tell us your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And yet we, we live in this world that's constantly sucking us backwards to things that don't matter in the big scope of things. They don't matter in eternity. And we want you to turn our hearts towards eternity. That we would be multipliers of all the resources you've given us. You've given us faith. You've given us the gospel. You've given us resources. You've given us time. You've given us the ability to pray for one another. You've given us the ability to hear your voice. And I pray that this week, I know it's a process, like everything. It's a daily waking up and say, Lord, I want kingdom time today. I don't want to just live this day as an endless succession of days until I die. But I want this one to count for your glory, because you are worthy of it all. Lord, we submit ourselves to you. Who can ascend your holy hill? those who have a clean hands and a pure heart, 
who don't lift up their lives to idols, but who seek your face. And such we shall be the generation of those who seek your face. Our God. Amen. All right. Kingdom time. Lunch time. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I, my prayer, I always have a vision. My prayer as we leave, I pray that we would carry with us the word of Christ in us. Because I forget so quickly. You know, I spend time with the Lord. And I'm like, wow, that's incredible, God, what you've said. <laughs> and then, then, then it's gone. And uh, his words are powerful and important. So ascend the hill this week. He's already given you clean hands and a pure heart. That's what Jesus did for us. Seek him. Amen. All right. All right. God bless those of you who are online. Thank you for joining us this morning. I pray that you will spend kingdom time this, this week. And for all of you guys, let's, let's do kingdom time. Let's see what the Lord might show us about the season and the timing and our purpose right now. It's strategic. It's important. All right. God bless. Let's eat. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.